Welcome to The Craft, a podcast that shares stories about writing and the writer's spirit. I'm your host, Sumaya Osmani, an author who found belonging from the courtroom to the craft. Join me as I navigate this craft of writing with chats on practical challenges and nurturing the creative spirit. This is The Craft. Telling personal stories has always come naturally to me. By nature myself, I'm always searching for stories that connect and resonate so that I don't feel like I'm alone in this world. I'm always myself searching for those soulful stories of life, ones that are filled with raw emotion, inspiration and authenticity. Writing my memoir taught me a lot of things. How to actually find stories in your own life that might resonate with others, how to create a narrative story arc around them, and most of all, how to structure a true story in writing. In this episode, I'm going to share some of the lessons I learned about telling life stories from a place of a food writer, but also as a writer in general. To start our journey into structuring life writing, it's important to like really define what life writing is. Life writing is the art of telling your personal story. Now it can take many different forms like memoirs, autobiographies, personal essays, even family histories. The real significance of life writing is not just a self-serving thing. It's not about just you. It's about preserving memories. It's about leaving a legacy. But more than that, it's about connecting with others. Essentially, we're all in this world together and the connection of commonalities and stories and also differences only brings us closer together as a human race. So as much as fiction and stories of made from another time, things that we may not necessarily always resonate with, true human experience is something we can connect with no matter where we are in the world. So I find that there's a real need and a significance for life writing. And the more life stories that are out there that are true, that are inspiring, that bewilder and send us in raptures of awe, is what makes life worth living. So let's talk a little bit about how you prepare to start writing about your life. How do you start to gather your thoughts, your memories and your materials? It's a pretty daunting thing to think about your life and start to encapsulate it in a story form. You almost feel like you have nothing to say that is of any value for anybody. You also begin to wonder whether there's anything really special about your life. But I think you begin from a place of knowing internally and intuitively that there is something profound that happened to you. And to find that real sense of profoundness and storytelling comes from reflection, from really sitting with yourself and experiencing your life from a lens of the past. So looking back, reflecting, journaling, 
starting to look through different documents, photographs, starting to see and appreciate the life that has been lived and the lessons that have been learned. So really starting from that space where you start to spend some time really gathering the history of your life, the history of your family, the history of the story you want to tell. And I think the best thing at this stage is not even to worry about the writing process, not to even worry about the storytelling process, because all of it becomes so overwhelming when you think of the raw material, the craft, the putting story together and creating a narrative arc. The best thing is right now to use this pre-writing preparation period as just that, pre-writing preparation. So spend some time really delving into that, to, to really giving yourself the time and the luxury to look for the materials that will beef out your story. Once you've had that and, you know, you, you're at a stage that you feel you're ready, of course, there's never any reason why you can't go back to the pre-writing preparation. You can always go back to it. But if you have enough to begin, begin. One of the first things I think is really crucial to life writing is to find the right structure. Ultimately, that depends on your story. You can have a thematic way of writing structure. It can be chronological. It can even be experimental. It really depends on your story and your unique writing style. Now, if you look at chronological writing, it means, you know, this, you start from the beginning, you go through all the different steps of, say, a story being told of how it occurred in real life, and then you end where it ended. You can also pick a really beautiful theme, you know, make it a theme, an overarching theme, and find your story structure to just sit beautifully and artistically within it. And there is no reason why you can't be experimental. You can pick and choose ways that matter to you. Now, there's pros and cons for every single structure style. If you're doing it chronologically, of course, it means that the reader will pick it up and understand that A, story started here, they were a child and these things happened to them and then they learned their lesson and moved on, for example. It's easy for the reader to digest because they're not skipping around in your mind, they're just looking at a story unfold. The pros to that can be, it can sometimes get quite boring. It can be very typical, it can be extremely regular, and it doesn't really excite a reader because though that's how life unfolded, there's a reason why life writing is known as creative nonfiction. It is because it is nonfiction, but it is written in a creative way. So if you are a little bit of an experimental sort, try a thematic structure. So you could pick an overarching theme like the foods that nurtured me when I had cancer and then go through, for example, the different foods you had, titles of the foods or moments in your recovery and then how those things structured in. Because those kind of things give a little bit more excitement, a little bit more unexpected story. But you are telling the story as it happened, except you're bringing it with like focal headings that distill your story through and still give a meaningful story arc. And of course, there are pros and cons to everything. And the cons to that is sometimes a reader might feel confused about it. They might, these things might be quite personal to you and they make no sense to them. 
But it's, you know, I think it's important to take the risks, which is why I am a big, <clears throat> big believer in the experimental structure. Work with what works with you. You know, start somewhere at the end of your story and then take the writer through and then bring in now again and then bring, you know, you can play with it. There is no reason why you can't play with it. So choosing that structure at this point is quite good because it gives you an idea of how you want to write the book and how you want to build what is the most important part, the narrative arc. Which now brings me to that, which is that every life story, every great life story needs a narrative arc. This is like the backbone of your writing, taking your readers on a journey through the highs, the lows, the transformation. Now, if you look at film and if you look at fiction, all film and fiction has the exposition, the rising action, the climax, the falling action, the resolution. And this is what makes story exciting. It gets you invested in the characters and then the character has a problem and then the problem comes to its peak. They find a resolution and everything starts to work out until the end and the conclusion. Now, I think this is a beautiful way to look at your own life. In life, and if you're writing memoir, memoir is pretty much a slice of your life. And you can really play with slices of lives because a slice of life means that, for example, in my memoir, Andaza, I begin as a coming of age young child uh, trying to find my place. And, you know, I try to go through all these conformity things like getting married and, you know, learning to cook and, and all these different things, all to impress boys. And then eventually I get married and realize it's not what it's cut out to be. Um, I decide to take law, what I always pushed away as a career. And I moved forward and let go of the marriage and realized that I'm finding myself through the trust in myself, which came from the kitchen for me. So there is a narrative arc of me coming of age, trying to learn, come to a point, do the main thing, which is get married, suddenly realize it's not for me. And then it all the way goes down until I discover that I find my voice through cooking and going away to university. So this is the beauty of creating a narrative arc quite organically through your life, when, especially when it's a slice, where slice of a life means something big happened, there is a beginning, a height peak, and a coming down and resolution. And then, you know, that is how life works through these arcs. So find your narrative arc through the story you want to tell. And if you can't find it because it's not obvious, draw it. Draw, I love to draw this uh, pyramid of narrative arc, which basically starts at your um, exposition, your introduction, and has the rising action, brings it to the climax, and then falls. And I always put little bits and pieces that fall within it, and that really helps you create the narrative arc. So play with that and find it, because that is a very important way to begin writing your life story. And then I come to character development. In life writing, you know, the characters are real people, including yourself. So we do need to develop them with depth, showing their growth, their flaws, their emotions, their relationships with you, their in relationships with other people, if it's of any relevance. And as much as we read that in fiction, it is equally as important in life writing. When you write character-driven storytelling using dialogue and vivid descriptions, that's what gives you the texture of story. That's what makes life stories beautiful. Because ultimately, this is where you find your resonation. There's always a character like your aunt 
Melda or <laughs> your Uncle Tom who was crazy or there's always somebody that resonates with somebody in your life and you understand those complex relationships. You have to be a little bit careful when you're writing about real people in life writing because you don't want people to get upset. Personally and professionally, it's good to get their permission, whether in writing or in verbally. And you, you know, sometimes people can sue you, <laughs> but not always. And basically, my rule of thumb is that if you didn't want to be written about, you shouldn't have been so horrible to me. <laughs> but, you know, that isn't always the case. Sometimes people have profound relationships with you and for that moment in your life and for the person that you were at the time. And you may long no longer feel that way about them, but it happened at the time. And this is your perception of how they were to you at that time and it is not their perception so ultimately i think this is your if you if you believe that this is your story to tell then write the characters with that in mind as how they affected you at the time develop them with that depth and you know never try to and and one of the worst things that i think we come across when creating the character of ourselves is that you always feel like you want to come across as this perfect person or or as a flawed person even but the fact is in in reality characters human beings characters are always both flawed as well as perfect as well as growing and you know evolving and having a range of different emotions and bring that to your real characters because that's what gives them life and use dialogue in to really show your vivid descriptions of character because it is in those conversations that we can really tell about a person's behavior about their what they hold back what they don't hold back what they say what their feelings are about things and how they ultimately think about things and yourself. So bring that through dialogue because there's nothing more exposing about character than in dialogue. Now the next thing that comes in a live story is very much about balancing fact and emotion. Now balancing facts and emotions can be a real challenge in life writing because you want to be authentic. You really want to bring your true self in your writing, but you also want to connect emotionally with your readers. So you do need to learn how to weave emotions into facts using beautiful sensory details and maintaining honesty. So coming across with a conversation with somebody where you bring in the emotions of, say, loss, and you bring in how you feel, how other people felt, how everyone's loss affected you, and then bring in the sensory experience of what it feels like in the loss. So in my memoir, I explain how losing one of my grandmothers, you know, I was really involved in her funeral, but when it came to her leaving the house from the body was leaving the house, how I felt that I as a woman wasn't allowed to go to the graveyard as a Muslim woman and how that made me feel the anger I felt against my culture, the anger I felt against everybody and how I was dealing with my own emotion of seeing my grandmother leaving her house for the last time. And I brought in the sensory elements of the incense smell mixed with the camphor of embalming her body and how... Everyone was reading prayers, but I didn't want to sit in that room and read prayers because we used to sit there, my grandmother and I, and have chai and pakoras on the veranda. And I didn't want to be there because it was too clinical and it didn't remind me of her. So I weaved in the emotions and I balanced the emotion with the fact of what happened. So although everything didn't unfold exactly the way it did, because 
I can't remember every single detail, but to be fair, I can remember quite a bit about that day. I brought in a lot of the emotions because those emotions have never left me. So the fact really intermingled with the emotions and the emotions came on top. So therefore, the, the facts mattered, but the emotion mattered more. So think about that when you're bringing that balance in. The next thing you want to really think about is the power of themes. Now, everybody has a theme in their life. I always say everybody has a soundtrack to their life, and we do, because we have themes that tie your life together and give it depth. So think about what your story really means and the messages that you want to convey. Some of the common life writing themes are grief and loss, and we all know about the memory, the, 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 the misery memoirs, as they're called, because everyone relates to misery and to, to, to loss and grief of love, you know, losing people or falling sick. But there's also love and evolution of self and coming of age and, and finding your purpose. Find a theme that really falls underlining within the fabric of your story. Everywhere you go, there is a thread of that theme in your writing. So remember that theme is ultimately what is the glue that holds your story together. Integrate it into your narrative without being in your face about it, but always subtly, loosely weaving it in. Now comes the difficult part, editing and revising your work. Once you've poured out your heart onto the pages, it's really time to edit and revise your work. Now please, don't rush this step. Just don't. It's where your story truly takes shape. It's when we have written everything and, you know, putting all of this down, you're going to go through all these moments when you'll want to go back and edit and you'll want to go and perfect something. But my advice always is to get the first draft out, no matter how messy, no matter how shitty, and it is called a shitty first draft for a reason, just get it down. Because once it's down, it's there to edit and mold. So don't rush this step. Take your time. It is how your story finds that connective tissue. It's how it all comes together and it begins to take a beautiful narrative shape. So some tips of self-editing is not to edit while you're writing. Sit through it, edit a few times, play with it, pick middle, beginning, ending. Don't have to do it from beginning to end. Don't follow any rules. Just edit with your intuition, with your feeling and your true self. Take a break away from your writing for a while. Step away from your manuscript and go away on holiday don't write for a month. Come back to it with fresh head and heart. Seek feedback. I think there's a real wonderful thing when you can trust somebody and you can give them your work to feedback. I personally like working with mentors and, and that's something I also offer mentorship where I can help people. You know, you're, I'm, a, I'm a person you don't know and you come to me, I read it with fresh eyes. It's somebody who's going to be like a reader but can help you with the editing. So look for someone like that. There is a real importance in multiple drafts. Your first draft is never the one that ever used, not even your second, not even your third, sometimes not even your tenth. And that's okay, because that's part of writing. Don't try to rush it. Take your time over the editing and revising. 
you will get to a final piece of work that you will be proud of and other people will read and be in awe of. So that really is about really bringing your life story onto a page. And before I end, I want to just say, don't forget about your authentic writer's voice. Remember, every life story is unique and your voice matters. Life writing is a beautiful way of writing with authenticity, with the true writer's voice that you have, and truly sharing with the world a story that resonates, inspires, and is unique, just like you. Every life story, in some shape or form, deserves to be written about. So don't give up on yours. Thank you for listening to The Craft with me, Sumaya. If you'd love to learn more about me, my website is sumayaosmani.com. And while you're there, check out Kissa, my writing membership, where you can find flow and flourish as a writer. Inside Kissa is a thriving community of inspiring writers, monthly writing hours, and nourishing and nurturing chapters to see you grow each month and find your true potential as a writer. Doors to Kissa open four times a year, so if you join the waitlist, you'll be the first to know when the doors open. The link is in the notes below. You can also follow me on Instagram at Sumaya Osmani and send me a message to let me know if you enjoyed this podcast. So, until the next episode of The Craft, stay curious. <laughs>